Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for listening to Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your podcast host, and we're glad that you have decided to listen today to a very exciting podcast edition. I have here on the program today a friend of mine named Adam Renico. Adam, welcome to today's podcast. Glad to be here, Mark. Thanks a lot. And you're up in Michigan. Tell us a little bit about where you are in Michigan. Certainly, Mark. I'm, I'm, on, I'm near the Grand Rapids area. And if um, for those who don't know, Grand Rapids is near Lake Michigan. We're about a, about a half hour drive right east of Lake Michigan. It's beautiful over here today. Great. Well, that's good. Well, I'm, it's good to have you. Um, Adam is owner of the Renico Group, and uh, their mission is to build godly leaders one habit at a time. I told you earlier, Adam, I really like that. Building godly leaders one habit at a time. And they primarily target men and trying to help men to become the godly leaders that they need to be in their homes and of course, that translates into so many other areas as well. Adam is married. Uh, he's been married to Maria for about 12 years. They have two children. Uh, Adam, tell us, tell us a little bit about your family. Help us get a little better acquainted with who you are and your beautiful family. Certainly, Mark. Yes, I, my, I've, I've been married for almost about 12 years now. I had the, um, was fortunate enough to uh, meet my wife back in college. So we were kind of college sweethearts. And... Shortly after, um, shortly after college, we were we were married. We got engaged the last last year of college. We were engaged. We were married a few months after we graduated, mm-hmm. and we've kind of bounced over, bounced around a few different places over here in Michigan. We were kind of down further south for a little while in Kalamazoo, but now we're up here in the Grand Rapids area. <laughs> and during the during this time, we kind of found out we wanted to have kids, mm-hmm. but um, God kind of said no for a while. We found out we had some infertility problems, but lo and behold, through some really big miracles, we are blessed with um, our son who uh, is about four and a half now. And we had, it's a, we have a great relationship with his um, adoption family. And a few years later, um, we are also blessed with an amazing daughter. And she's um, almost a year old now. It's been an amazing, <laughs> wonderful journey. It's nothing like having children, is there? It really is. It's really uh, amazing. It's Absolutely life. love it. Yeah, it's life changing. I, you know, I I've got four daughters, uh, two <laughs> sets of two sets of twin girls. I don't think I've told you that, but like Noah's Ark, our kids all came two by two. So it's just, but ch- children they change your life. But it, there's nothing like having a family and having kids. And I'm so happy for you. Grand Rapids is a special place to me because I used to go up to Grand Rapids quite a bit and do a lot of used book shopping. There were used to be a ton of used bookstore, Christian used bookstores in that area. So I'm very familiar with Grand Rapids, beautiful area. And Adam, we're glad to have you today. We've talked a couple of times and have been emailing back and forth. I've looked at your website, your material, and I just think it's great what you're doing. But I'd like for you today, if you would, to start us off on a journey, beginning with your personal testimony and the testimony of of the kind of birthed 
this vision that you have about building godly leaders one habit at a time. Would you share that with us today? Certainly, Mark, by all means. My story probably kind of starts out similar to most men I've talked to. I um, grew up in the church environment um, pretty much my whole life. My wife did the same thing, and having been married for about 12 many years now, I've certainly had our various ups and downs. I've certainly learned and grown a lot thanks to um, God's grace during that process. But 12 years ago, um, kind of right before, shortly before I got married, my wife and I kind of thought we did all the right stuff. We had different pre-marriage classes we went to, read different pre-marriage books, regular church attendance. We actually even had private, private Christian schools we went to. So we kind of, kind of thought we had set ourselves up well for marriage. And a few years, I'm um, a few months in, things are going great. Then it just, things just kind of got going south. We are mm -hmm. personalities. We we're kind of just budding together a lot, and it was. It was, it was creating a rather tumultuous environment just in our family. Mm -hmm. I know we were arguing, making sometimes dumb choices along the way. And personally, I was just failing to lead. I really didn't have a good understanding of what it actually looked like to be a Christian husband, a Christian father, how to lead with a biblical mindset. And it was creating a lot of tension and frustration in our marriage. And it got so bad. I remember it was about six months or a year into our marriage. I can't even honestly tell you, Mark, what we were arguing about, but it got so bad that we, one night we were frustrated beyond all get out. We weren't sure what to do. Mm -hmm. So we took our wedding rings off and threw them on their bed in frustration, kind of just stormed out of our bedroom. Not sure where wow. we were going to go. Wow. Not sure what was going to happen. We were kind of, mm -hmm. we were like just barely into a year into marriage. We were already mm -hmm. throwing around the divorce ward and we were like, this, this, this can't be it. We, we, we mm -hmm. thought we did everything right. We thought we started out on the right foot. How is this possibly happening to us? And thanks to God, we didn't get divorced. We're still, mm -hmm. we're still, we still stay very much together, very much in part to his grace. But for the next two years, I kind of tried to do everything I could right. myself personally, trying to kind of just get us out of this mess. I kind of kept drifting to try different books, different marriage materials, things were kind of met with limited success mm -hmm. over the next couple of years, trying to figure out, okay, I desperately wanted to make my marriage work. And I, Maria and I both felt very strongly that um, God had, God was doing something unique and uh, remarkable with our marriage. And we just weren't sure of what it was. And we weren't sure if we actually mm -hmm. were going to stay together long enough to see what happened. So about two years in, we were kind of running out of ideas. We were, things hadn't really improved that much. The tension was still there limited success at best. So I kind of ran out of ideas and mm -hmm. kind of decided to dive into the Bible instead. I really poured into the Bible, really poured into scripture over the next couple of years, trying to really search for the answers of, okay, what type of husband is God calling me to be? Not even just a husband, mm -hmm. but what type of Christian leader is he calling me to be within my work environment, at home, how interacting, working with others? Because yeah, I grew up in the Christian private schools. I had all the head knowledge, don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but how do I translate that head knowledge into action to into actionable things like tactics that can actually take? And I was I was struggling to figure it out. So I dived into my Bible. And the funny thing was that as I, as I dove into my Bible, Many of the general leadership books I have been reading in the past, thinking that they might be of help and they really weren't, it was kind of funny because those general leadership books, while they had like 
good elements here and there, health elements, they mm -hmm. weren't coming at it from a biblical perspective of what biblical Christian leadership actually looked like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh, okay, if some of these leadership things sometimes are just contradictory to scripture, other things are like, okay, they sound kind of nice, motivational, but it wasn't really packed mm -hmm. with some of the substance that was necessary to really kind of face some of the pressures and the struggles that you kind of have just as a Christian leader and trying right, to lead your right. family while in the work environment, all that stuff. So I kind of had like this, kind of like I had this kind of almost like this epiphany moment that my my lens when it came to leadership had to very much be Christ focused. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that means that guidance had to be Christ focused too. It couldn't be from general leadership books. And I started speaking to other friends of mine, other pastors, and some of those friends of mine were ironically enough, kind of going through the same yeah. problem. They had grown right. up in the church, they just had like, mm -hmm. okay, no idea kind of where to go and what to do. But as I kind of started real, real, as God worked on my heart and my lens started realigning, things started happening in my life. My home life started slowly improving. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. gained a little more clarity and understanding when it, with where God was calling me in my career. Things were starting to kind of really improve for me. And I, was, I felt like things were kind of really going well. But then I kind of mentioned it earlier as um, my wife and I back in, um, I, was like, I think it was like summer of 2013, we found out that we couldn't have kids biologically. Mm -hmm. And we were like, Oh, great. We, we weren't expecting or anticipating something like this. Like, I felt like some of the work and the hard work I've been doing, my wife and I, we've been doing little things to repair and fix our marriage, trying to kind of make decisions with a biblical perspective, kind of feel like everything just kind of just flew out the window. And some of those bad habits of arguing, just the mounting stress of, okay, we can't have kids, at least we didn't think we could have kids, the mounting um, doctor's appointments and the stress and the frustration and going through infertility places on one family is astronomical. We were, we didn't want to have to go back to where we were at before. So spent a lot of time during that season, just mm -hmm. praying for a renewed direction, a renewed understanding of where God was really calling us. And I could feel myself kind of slipping back into the old bad habits of arguing and having just um, leading poorly, doing a very poor job. But when it came to a husband, I was diving far more, far too much into my work and just, kind of unfortunately neglecting the world mm -hmm. around me. And it was it was becoming a problem again. And it's kind of right around this time as things were starting to unfortunately slide a little south, I came across an amazing book called Point Man by um, an author called Steve Barr. And it kind of just, yes. Was, yes. it really kind of helped mm -hmm. to re reset and realign what those priorities are truly supposed to be. That's great. So I kind of, yeah, it was yeah. huge for me. I know. And I've read that book, by the way, that's, that's, that's one of the, if, if there's one book out there, I would recommend every man read. That's the book. That one in his book, Finishing Strong, are just yep. like two classic books. But I, I want to, I, man, there's just so much I want to ask you, Adam, but yeah. I, I do want to go back here because this question just keeps coming to my mind. And maybe you have an answer or maybe you have some kind of clue. Why is it that we Christian men seem to struggle with leadership, especially leading in our homes. Why do you think that, besides the fact that there's no doubt the spiritual component that Satan wants to destroy our homes, but why do you think it is? I mean, again, you talk to so many men raised in the church, profession of faith, really, you know, they want to be serve the Lord, they want to do what's right, but it's like they're clueless and powerless to become the leaders that they need to be in their home. What do you think that is? 
Yeah, certainly, Mark. This was one of the exact same problem I ended up having. And kind of one of the things that I ended up coming to is um, we most Christian men have the right heart. They just don't know where to start. They don't know what it looks like. Many times mm-hmm. it hasn't been modeled well for them. We hear so much about evangelism, speaking the gospel. And I think that's incredibly important. How to uh, maybe get involved within your church. I think there's a lot of great pastors who do a fantastic job diving into scripture and making it come alive and applicable to for today. Mm-hmm. And those are fantastic and great. But at the same time, there's a, it gets really quiet sometimes when it comes to men's leadership, when it comes yes, to, okay, yes. what does this actually look like? Because sometimes it can be a little uncomfortable. It can be a little mm-hmm. scary. And sometimes um, God's version of leadership and what it looks like can look very different than what the world's version of leadership looks like. Absolutely. The world focuses a lot on, I need to be first. I need to be the best. And Christ kind of just flipped it around mm-hmm. and he encouraged us to be a servant to all. And it's not our goal to be the be first and everything, but instead to be last and to serve others. And it's very contrarian to what we kind of hear in today's mm-hmm. society. So admittedly, we hear one thing at church, which is fantastic and great, but then the world says something different. And for men, it kind of just leaves us just mixed up and confused a lot inside. And I know I'm, a, I'm as most men, we want to act, we want action, we want to plan, mm-hmm. we want to be right, able to say, right. okay, if I can actually do this X, Y, or Z, I'm going to get results. Yes. And many times it's it's hard to find that. So men are kind of left, like kind of just feeling like, okay, I'm trying to do the best that I can, can but I'm just kind of wading through the muck of life, unsure of exactly what's the right step to take. And mm-hmm. I've been there. I know what that's like. And that's a hard spot to be in. Absolutely. Well, you said so much that's really good. What you said about, you know, I think men do have a heart. They want, I, I in counseling men in my church across the years as a pastor, you know, I hardly have found a man who I counseled who didn't really at heart want to do what's right. He wanted to be a leader, but it was like, number one, he just felt like clueless. You know, he just, if he knew how to fix it, because we men are fixers, mm-hmm. right? We're fixers. Yeah, we are, Mark. <laughs> it's like, if I knew how to fix this, or if there was just a YouTube video I could watch, you know, for 15 minutes, then I could, you know, like a plumbing video or yeah, something I else. Had, yeah, yeah. I had that with, um, I'm not the handiest guy in the world, but I had that with drywall, Mike. We ended up getting a hole in the side of the garage and whatnot. A, few, a couple of years back, I think I was on YouTube for like two or three hours. Okay, how to drywall a new patch. And I'm like, lo and behold, that's the, that you'll, you'll never know that you'll never know there's a hole right there, but I get what you mean. It's going yeah. on YouTube. It's yeah, it's second nature. It's part of yeah. what makes us men. It's exactly what makes yeah. us men, but you can't, it's, it's hard to Google. How, how do I fix my marriage? And, yeah. you know, three easy steps or even 10, not so easy steps. It's, you know, and because there's this relational component that you can't all, it's always sometimes hard to articulate. And then again, we live in a world in which we are taught the wrong message. We, we look at leadership through a worldly viewpoint and a worldly lens rather than a, a godly lens. And you said something else, Adam, that just resonated with me. We don't have mentors. Very few men have had an older man who himself was a good father and a good husband to sit down and help shape a next the next generation. You know, where are those mentors at? It, can you can you talk about that just a little bit again? Because I think that's just so important. No, you're incredibly, incredibly correct, Mark. And that's something that I struggle with at different times in my own life, too. 
when I was growing up, when I was younger, it was hard to find those mentors. I, I certainly was blessed. I had a few different ones at church when I was when I was younger in my youth days. I had some really good um, youth pastors who were instrumental in some of those early faith formations when I was kind of struggling and wrestling with um, different questions I had as an adolescent. But to kind of come along and just find um, good Christian men who are more seasoned, who have just kind of experienced life more, that's hard to find. Yes, and that's, it is. That's 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 a, a real challenge. And I encourage those who are listening to keep searching, to keep looking. Mm-hmm. There have been different mm-hmm. things. Sometimes it's admittedly, it can be a little uncomfortable to reach out with a few other guys. Ideally, I've usually met these guys at church. Like I've had different small groups I've been part mm-hmm. of over the years. And I have a men's um, group that I'm part of as well right now. And admittedly, sometimes it's a little hard to stick your, um, stick your tail between your legs and say, hey, do you want to get together? I have yeah, a sometimes right. it's just been like a good Bible study, or it's just been like I can use the I can use the book Point Man for example. Have mm-hmm. I know the revised version mm-hmm. has some great um um little study questions at right, the end of right, it, kind of right. going through each chapter and just to start the conversation mm-hmm. off. Because many mm-hmm. men we deal with things internally that I love my wife to pieces, and I know many of the men I've talked with do too. But there's just things that go on within our heart, and then I kind of call it man land. Right. And my wife just can't, despite <laughs> how much she tries to, just can't connect the same way as maybe a no, guy. No, that's to right. A guy. That's right. And Absolutely. I, my wife's fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but just just certain things that it's just different from for guy yes. to guy, as opposed yes. to talking with your um talking with your spouse. And for me to just, I it's kind of uncomfortable just to make that step to say, hey, I'm will I'm willing to kind of just make mm-hmm. that step and say, Hey, would you want to get together? And that's what I've right, encouraged right. guys, because it has to start someplace. And yes. if I don't, if I don't um, reach out to other men and try to build myself up and to try to improve just what it looks like to be a spiritual leader, then how can I pass that along to my own kids? That's right. I, I, I'll, I'll be mm-hmm. handicapping them and they'll be facing some of the exact same question marks mm-hmm. that I was facing. That's right. I don't want that to happen to them. Yeah. And Adam, and the truth is so many times we just, you can see the pattern from generation to generation to generation. And somebody has to be like story of Joseph who breaks the cycle. You know, you, you, you take Joseph in the old Testament and in many ways, Joseph just broke that cycle of what had been for generations, patterns in his family, patterns of deceit and all of that. And yet he, he was able to break that and somewhere we have to do that. And, and I think some, for many of us, we try to do it on our own and we get, we get some help and we can, you know, we can make progress on our own, but am I right or wrong that two are better than one for they have a good reward for their labor? You know, when the one falls, he has another to help him up. Uh, but woe to him that is alone. When he falls, he doesn't have another to help him up. And as iron sharpens iron, uh, and yet we men seem to have a tendency, like you said, to kind of withdraw from that rather than to seek that out in our lives. So that's great. Uh, man, there's just so many things. And we're going we're gonna to take a little time and do another a second part of this podcast because we're not even going to get into what you're doing today till we get to part two. <laughs> so let, let's just focus for just a few more minutes here on, on what we're talking about. So I want to go back to this matter of men and the fact that men need mentors in their life and men also need instruction in their life. As you begin to look to God's word, what were a couple of life-changing truths 
that emerged from God's word that really began to reshape who you are as a father and as a spiritual leader and as a husband? What were some of those things? Certainly, Mark. That's a, that's a fantastic, that's a great question. I guess for me, there are a couple different things. I guess there was this, there's this resounding understanding. I kind of saw multiple areas in scripture of God's placed men in a unique position and myself as a husband, the other husbands and men listening in a unique position to lead their families. And we have a specific position that's very different than what our wives can do, what other friends and family members can do. And as a husband, God has placed this ownership on our shoulders to, to handle some of those um, and to take on some of those stresses, burdens, and um, frustrations of life and to seek him in areas to be able to lead our family well. And he's placed that unique leadership element right on our shoulders. And for myself, it kind of just hit me square in the face of God has placed my giving has placed my wife in my life, my two wonderful kids in my life. And it's he's placed that responsibility on my shoulders to lead them for his kingdom. Because the the one of the best examples, especially when you have young children and they're trying to understand what's God like, they're looking to their own dad as an example. Absolutely. And it's our responsibility Absolutely. as men to do our best job we possibly can with the Lord's help to set that example for them. As we try to just kind of build in some of those early seeds of faith within their life, they're looking for us husbands and fathers mm -hmm. to be able to do just that. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't even just come within the home environment. This comes with how we interact with others, how what our priorities are within our mm -hmm. life, where our priorities mm -hmm. with work are and aren't, what are some of the um, most um, what are some of the biggest elements that are most important to us in our life when it comes to when it comes to our family, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to mm -hmm. diving in scripture, when it comes to attending church? These are all foundational elements that our kids are literally looking to us to instruct mm -hmm. them on what that looks like. And for myself as a husband, and eventually when I found out I was becoming, I was going to become a father, it was like, I wow. got to do something. I got, I got to yes. make sure that this is passed mm -hmm. on to my kids. And as you're mentioning with Joseph, we have to turn a different route. I couldn't continue to go around the same route that I had seen in the past because I didn't want the same thing to happen to my kids that it happened to me. That's good. That's, that's great. And, and I appreciate so much, Adam, what you're sharing today. And I hope a lot of men will, will hear this podcast. We'll look at for your material and, and we'll really begin to take action. Do you think that most Christian women want their husbands to lead? Or do you, I, I tend to think as, as again, I, I can't think of one couple I've ever counseled that the wife said, I want to be the spiritual leader of my home. I don't want my husband to be. I, I have, I've yet to hear that conversation. How, what about you, Adam? Have you, what, what do you find? I, I would fully agree with you, Mark. And the funny thing is that like, my wife and my wife is a fairly um, strong individual, a type personality, and I absolutely love that about her. But that was kind of the things that we were kind of mm -hmm. early on, kind of butting heads and trying to figure out how to what leadership would look like. And she very much early on had the mindset that she would lead just like I would. And it took time and change for both of our hearts to realize that she is a unique position that God has placed her within his family, and mm -hmm. I have a unique position. And if we both play our roles well. I lead and she's a very, very supportive part of my, uh, she's a, she's a huge support in every single element of the decision we make as a couple. But at the end of the day, I still have to take that first leadership step. 
that's the way God's designed it. God's designed that a husband and wife are supposed to work well together. And as a husband, mm-hmm. I've talked to many others that there, I, don't, I haven't heard of any wife going, man, my husband just leads too much. It's so yeah. frustrating when he gives clear direction and seeks God's guidance. This is just getting irritating here. I don't right. hear any, I don't hear any wife ever making those complaints about her husband. Right. Anything, right. it's the same problems. My wife kind of sometimes said early on was, I wish you could give clear direction. I wish you took this and I wish you took this to the Lord in prayer more often. I wish you would do a better mm-hmm. job at leading me and show me what it looks like to be a spiritual um, head of this household. Those are the things my wife was saying early on. And I, right. I don't blame her because I was struggling mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's great. Well, we're going to, we're going to continue this conversation, but before we wrap up today's podcast, I'd like Adam for you to give out your website and any information you would like to share with the listening audience today before we close. Thanks. Certainly by all means. Thanks a lot, Mark. So the um, website that I would encourage you guys to go to is the And there we have a couple of different um, courses that we have our main course called rethinking manhood, which walks men's which walks men through a step-by-step nine week mm-hmm. process of teaching them how their right godly habits can transform their life and change their family tree and build a legacy that lasts. Teaching men how to really um, live a life without regret, pass on their faith to the next generation while incorporating their right godly habits into their life. We really encourage men to say, okay, we know you might be at point A, but you don't have to stay there. God has a bigger plan for you, your life, your marriage, and your family, and he's looking to use you to make that happen. That's All great. you have to do is to take that first step. And that's what we talk about with Rethinking Man and helping men take that step towards godly leadership and giving them mm-hmm. the specific tools and resources necessary to make that happen, to transform them into courageous godly leaders. And I know that's that's our main course that mm-hmm. we have. We encourage you to go to the website as well. We also have, um, uh, we're also kind of giving away, we have like a free, um, we have like a free custom Psalms 9012 notebook that kind of really highlights that highlights reminds men to teach us the number of our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And this is a free notebook. You can kind of go to our website right now and just put in your information. You can grab the free notebook and it's this hardcover notebook. It kind of looks like a moleskin notebook that kind of coincides really well with our course. So if you're interested right. in learning more on how to lead your family well, again, just go to the rentacogroup.com and you can purchase and find all that information there, how to just, how to specifically build in godly habits within your life to change your family for generations to come. Great. And that's the key, not only changing your marriage, your life, but the potential of doing it for generations to come. And that, that to me is extremely powerful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to today's podcast. And Adam, thank you for being on the podcast today here on Hope Along the Journey. And friends, we appreciate so much your listenership and your support. Remember today that Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus Christ, he will provide you hope along the journey. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. And we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.